0: This podcast is sponsored by HeyU, which is the home of the Housewives. Every season and every episode of All of the Real Housewives is available to stream or download right now on HeyU. And it is the only place you will get new episodes the same day as the U.S. No spoilers here because we are getting stuck straight in thanks to Heyu, You. You can start a free trial now at heyu.com. and after that it's only 5 dollars 99 per month which is like the price of a cup of coffee and there's no commitments, you can cancel whenever you want. November is going to be amazing because something that we Housewives fans have dreamed of for years is Finally happening. The crossover of dreams. I am discussing, I am bringing to your attention the real housewives ultimate girls trip is coming to Hey You from Friday, the 19th of November. I actually cannot believe this is happening. We have Melissa and Teresa from Jersey. We have Kyle from Beverly Hills. We have Cynthia and Kenya. Kenya from Atlanta. And we, of course, representing New York, have Ramona and Luan as well. What is going to happen when those gals get together? I, I can't even, I can't deal. I actually can't deal. I'm so excited. And if you wanted more, oh, there's more. On Mondays, you will have The Real Housewives of Potomac, The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, and my girls finally back, The Real Housewives of Melbourne. Come on, everything you could need Housewives-wise is on Hey You this November. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Housewives and Me, a podcast about why we love the real housewives. I'm your host, Connor Bean, and welcome back for another brand new episode. Today, I'm joined by someone I've wanted to have on for a while, who's actually friends with previous guests on the show, Vicky Notaro, who did suggest that this person might be more than perfect to come on this podcast to talk about their housewives obsession. I am speaking to uh, Caitlin McBride today, who is a writer who wrote uh, books like The Day That Changed My Life, and she's a journalist. She actually recently wrote piece for Rogue.ie about... uh, Real Housewives and all that kind of thing. So I'll try and find a link to that and put it in the show notes for this episode. She's a proper hardcore fan, been with the shows for like a good decade. And this is a great chat because we get into kind of that thing of the difference between watching the shows long term versus coming to more recently. And we got, yeah, we went into places around that that I've actually never really thought about when discussing that topic, which is interesting because it has come up on the podcast before. It's always fun to chat to someone who's just got that like, deep deep love for real housewives so i think you're gonna really like this one without any further ado here is caitlin mcbride on housewives and me my guest today is a communications consultant a journalist and authors of books like the day that changed my life and between all that she's able to fit in being a long-term Real Housewives fan. Caitlin McBride, welcome to Housewives and Me. Thank
1: you for having me. That's uh, quite the introduction. It's almost, uh, I, I feel very Housewives-esque. It's like a <laughs> few different jobs, maybe not a job.
0: <laughs> it's, what's, it's a portfolio career. And I feel like every every housewife has a portfolio career yeah. by definition.
1: Exactly, exactly. I mean, what would I be? I'll be coming out with my own line of rosé and maybe the face of depends if, if things, if things uh, <laughs> serves me well.
0: not depends you're like I will take that Lisa Rinna check
1: yeah I will take a million dollar check to talk about incontinence if that's what it takes
0: honestly after the last year and a half I would take a two dollar checks (laughs) for the content so I'm like sure for free yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) what time would you like me to arrive so we have a lot of cities to get into Mm -hmm. some airing some not I have a lot of questions for you but I do want to know because I know that you're a long term viewer of the show so how did you get started on the Real Housewives
1: yeah my my journey began uh, in 2011 yeah so it's our 10 year anniversary this year and we we I'm talking about them like actually they're real people so I began watching yeah in 2011 I had a kind of heard like peripherally about these new shows that were really popular so originally I'm actually from New York not from the city unfortunately no run-ins with um any of the crew but (laughs) I despite my best efforts at times but I I moved to Ireland when I was 12 so we would always go over and visit um families throughout Mm -hmm. the years and I remember one of my cousins telling me about the show and she was like it's so ridiculous there's this woman who calls herself a countess and she insists on being called it and I was like this sounds hilarious never really thought again more of it and then my friend and he's one of my closest friends uh, told me at the time about this crazy show that was going on and it was called real house in new york city and again it was the countess like luann was the big lead and it was oh, wow. available at netflix like this is how this isn't the first iteration of housewives being available on netflix i remember and, yeah. that's how i
0: watched new york as well i remember exactly. that yeah, yeah. and i
1: think anyone that fell for it kind of really fell in love with them like with the jills irons and that kind of og yeah. crew and so i just really enjoyed it and Went back again over time, and then I I want to say Beverly Hills are I'm not I'm not sure of the timeline, so I don't want to be fact check on this. So um, another (laughs) franchise I believe was available on Netflix at the time. So then I kind of took a break because it wasn't really this cultural phenomenon at that point that it had become. And then I heard of this app. Hey, you. I'm going to say like two years later, and. Ever since then, my world has changed. And I'm not just saying that because I know you just got sponsored by you. This, <laughs> I this was like,
0: <laughs> excellent integrated marketing on the podcast. No, I understand. I was, that's how I, I mean, that's, all like sponsorship aside that is my hey you journey i was like they're launching a what for the who yeah sign me up so i get i get it i totally get it and
1: it's five euro a month but anyway sorry people will be like (laughs) but it it really is it is my most active and my most used app and so with that i realized that there was all these different franchises and all these different cities so my journey has been a global one i have seen all the international franchises (laughs) i am like I know, it's for, for better or worse. I'm just
0: noting that here, international, we will be discussing <laughs> Melbourne. <laughs> I
1: know, I know. Carry on, carry on, carry on. <laughs> and it'd be even like, oh, you know, I'm an active participant in, you know, they call it like the Bravo Cinematic Universe. So Vanderbilt, um, yes. Summer House, now Winter House, all these really mm-hmm. fantastic shows, but they're just so fun. And also I know it's really bad and perhaps you have an, an element of this as well, but because it's now become this kind of cultural phenomenon within the last year or two, particularly the last year, everybody's at home. <laughs> I'm um, watching because of COVID, and again was available on Netflix. I'm kind of like, oh,
0: I've been watching this for years. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, a little, it's, a, it's, a, it's a little snooty but uh, I enjoy it all the same
0: no it's it, I struggle with that because in a way I'm like the more the merrier finally I can do a podcast and people will understand what I'm talking about but I'm also like you weren't there you didn't live through Tom and Luan in real time it's, it's about you know, I'm Tom like, I know <laughs> it's like you didn't like follow the dreary seasons of Beverly Hills to get to this one like people who came on to Beverly Hills this year I'm like do you know the years we have <laughs> suffered of the same storyline for 800 episodes and now you want Like I become Erica Jane I'm like Oh now you want (laughs) to (laughs) join Exactly (laughs) But I know what you mean It is nice that You can actually say now Oh I watch X And people actually do watch it Or people want to talk to you about it Because for years It was like finding The few people you knew And be like it was like an over here it was like a really intense bonding thing because you'd be like you watched it as well?
1: I know because there was like five of us for honestly about 10 years <laughs> I think, I think I'd, I'd see like the odd person putting it up on Instagram and I wouldn't even put anything up because nobody even knew what I was talking about so they'd be like okay that sounds a bit silly which it is but it's also fantastic but I have like they are real friends but they're more internet friends because I remember I went on a press trip like I don't know, I'm going to say seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And at the time I was working as a journalist, or so press trips are where, um, you know, you go over either with the brand or with the tourist board and they kind of put on a show. And anyway, I was... Um, made friends with this really wonderful girl called Sarah's Kylie she, Sadie's Kitchen is her product but we realized we both watched the show and we've literally never seen each other since but I'd say we talk two to three times a week <laughs> wow. mostly recapping everything about it and it's just really funny so it was kind of this like unique little bonding experience because really nobody else did and it was something and and you know you'll know this and the people listening to this will know this like when you start watching it's it's very compulsive like it's hard to not become completely mm-hmm. engrossed in it and so mm-hmm. I think it's interesting. And I thought it was interesting about what you were saying as well about like, you know, the people who recently started watching and were like, we've endured so much. and I Because <laughs> yes. it's, it's, the opinions are so different, I find, like the new viewers mm. versus the older viewers, because we feel hardened by our experience. And um, I think it's really interesting that like I do notice it as well. I will confess also I am like a super nerd when it comes to this. I am not active on Reddit, but I'm a super lurker. And I love watching the post um, episode discussion threads, particularly for Real Housewives. Sometimes people are vicious, but mostly it's actually quite a nice community. And I love seeing it because you can see like the people who've been watching it originally because they almost feel like hard done by when they feel like they're not getting what what they deserve in terms of storyline or authenticity or transparency and then the newer people who are like oh I kind of feel bad and I'm like do not feel bad do you not remember that time in 2016 yeah. when she gave that yeah. dirty look to so and um, so <laughs> and so it's it's I, I find it really interesting but it's just it's just so fun and it's so entertaining and I love these women like they're my friends no matter how sad it is
0: I think you've actually and it's weird I think you've hit on something there like the sort of newer fans versus the older fans it's not unlike the shows themselves where the long-term cast members start to behave a certain way in the show and when a new person comes in even unintentionally they kind of get hazed like I mean there's obvious examples like Ramona and Shannon Bedore are really notorious for like trying to ice out the new people but like there is that dynamic where some people are like I've been here a while and you're new and I think sometimes the fandom there's an element of that and I'm like am I the Shannon Bedore am I <gasps> gatekeeping <laughs> oh my god are
1: we but actually and you know what's interesting is because Shannon I was actually recently re-watching um her first season on The O.C. and they tortured her and I'm like oh my gosh are we Heather are we the Heather and Tamra, and now the Shannons so it's, it's interesting to see the dynamics actually that's a very astute observation you've given me food for thought now
0: <laughs> I know myself I'm actually thinking of myself I'm like wow I need to just let my guard yeah. down and be open
1: <laughs> yeah it's like calm down it's just a TV show <laughs>
0: yeah literally it's just a tv show what is the appeal of the shows for you overall do you think like is it just that the almost kind of cliche of just getting to see women in groups be themselves on tv is it the soapiness of it is it the comedy like what draws you in
1: it's a combination of all of them because i feel like i get something different from each franchise so i suppose the the kind of franchise as a whole. Um, I just, I find it really at its core, just really entertaining. I remember, it like, I remember it laughing and find it really funny when I first started watching New York all those years ago. And I just thought, you know, Bethany was so snarky. And I became really invested in the Bethany and Jill friendship and then kind of eventual downfall. And then you become, I think, especially for the, those earlier seasons, because they're a lot more authentic, whereas now they're a little more produced. I think. With those seasons, you kind of feel like you're watching real people, albeit kind of crazy people, um, but really watching their lives unfold and how they interact. And it was so, you know, to quote Dorit, diametrically opposed to my life. That (laughs) Diametrically opposed. (laughs) Exactly. Another accent I won't try. But, um, (laughs) But I think that it was so different to my life that I was like, this is just fascinating. It's just like a real kind of like a fishbowl you're watching. And then it's timing up. Then, I mean, you know, I feel like I kind of really appreciate the casting and, and what each housewife brings to it. Like, I love Sonia for her comedy. Sonia is my ultimate favorite housewife. I love her for her comedy. Oh. I love watching like the unique dynamics. And then when you kind of extend to different cities, you know, you're watching Beverly Hills for the lifestyle porn. Then you're watching Potomac because these women will read each other to filth. And then just like mm. go to dinner the next day. And so what I love about it. It's like, you know, I it's almost like an anthropological curiosity, but it's also, I mean, really, you, could, I'm sure there's so many layers I could get through, but at the end of the day, I just find it so entertaining. And at this point in time, I am so invested in this. Um, I've spent so many years of my life watching this and it's you know I I've always been really into TV kind of even outside Housewives I've never been an outdoorsy person and mm-hmm. um, same I, same
0: heart same I, yeah. I hear you on this yeah. sea swimming no 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 I have a I have three hours of, of of Netflix I need to catch up yeah, on.
1: I'm looking up at my yeah. I'm looking at my watch I'm like I'm sorry there's just no time I've got a whole season to fly through here so I love I've always connected with TV more so than like radio or music or actual activities and so. Mm-hmm. I think that I become, when I like a show, I become really invested in it. And there's been a few of these shows over the years beyond Housewives that I've kind of felt that connection with. Whereas with this, I think the beauty of it is, you know, they've just announced a new franchise in Dubai. There's always something happening. And because it's real life, Mm -hmm. there's always something developing. So there's always something to keep you interested. And yeah, as I say, it's just super entertaining. It's fun. I enjoy it. I my feelings have changed ever so slightly in recent months, I think because of the fact that it feels a little more overproduced in some in some cases and, hmm. you know, when I'm seeing things at BravoCon, which I would still love to go to um, yeah, and I would same. love to be a part of. But, you know, you kind of – I'm seeing clips of things and th- there's more of a self-awareness that they have now that they didn't have. But, I mean, I'm still going to follow these ladies forever.
0: Yeah, but then in a weird – I agree with you that it definitely – and that's actually why I think Potomac is still working is it feels more – authentic or something than other shows but like even this new slightly more stagey era of the shows is fascinating as well because it's like it's unnavigated territory of like when they break the fourth wall or when something that they usually wouldn't have referenced comes up on screen so in a way it just feels like it keeps re as you say keeps refreshing because every year or two something changes we you're like well the shows would never have done that mm-hmm. five years ago you know
1: exactly and I thought it was interesting because you know we were discussing this before we re- hit record but we both watched the part four of the Beverly Hills reunion this morning and mm-hmm. in that um, I thought it was really interesting because I think a lot of people have thought for some time that you know the Fox Wars 5 now Fox Force 4 have kind of had this off-camera agreement to be like, okay, we're not going to go really hard on each other. Let's just go hard on everybody else. And it's been kind of apparent in all their interactions. Like we've seen the way they've gone for Denise Richards, most recently Sutton and Garcelle, and kind of picking an outsider to kind of hone in on. But what I thought was really interesting was Erica kind of admitted that this morning in the reunion, in that when she said... When she said that her big issue was Sutton, when she was like, I'm going to come for you. And she acted like um, a lunatic at Kathy Hilton's dinner. And she was Mm. like, I'm going to come for you. And what she said that when she said in the reunion, what she meant by that was, you know, something always happens to one of us. That's inevitable. That's why we've been cast for the show. And that's why we're we're a part of this. And so when it's your turn, I'm going to come for you. Obviously, that's absolutely not what she meant. She just thought she sounded tough by saying, I'm going to come for you. Um, mm. And and I think she was just trying to make herself sound a little less unhinged and kind of doing a little bit of brand <laughs> damage, uh, reputational damage, or what is it, bra- or reputational fixing um, yes. on it this morning. But I thought it was interesting. So, so she kind of hit two things for me. One, be admitting that we always have something happening with us because part of it is organic in that, I mean, she could not have predicted that her husband would be um you know experiencing all these legal woes and separately that they're cast for a reason and then it's also part that you know we see like Lisa Rinna for example who is constantly who hasn't really had a storyline in years but she's still no. hanging on by a thread and all of these yeah. women then creating their own storylines or as to what they feel and I'm not sure if you read um Brian Moylan's book about I did? Yes, yes yeah and in it he was saying and this makes complete sense and it kind of just you know, peers, was it kind of peels back the veneer a bit and that it's really a TV show. So at the beginning of, or before each season, the wives will sit down with the producers and say, this is what's going on in my life. And the producers mm-hmm. will be like, this is your storyline. And I think sometimes you can see throughout the season that they'll try to either really lean into it because they want the check or they'll try to steer away from it because there's actually personal ramifications from it. And I think a lot of the time in Beverly Hills, what they're guilty of is, having to commit to a storyline because it's their job but really not wanting to talk about it and so they just deflect and will pick someone else and really act in a way that's just not very nice
0: and then it's funny because in a strange way erica has been more actually erica has faced it head on in a way she keeps saying that and it's annoying there's a grain of truth to it but it's also like she's also deflecting so she's kind of in one way showing up but also in another way not but i thought her use her trying to be like oh i'm gonna come for you like in the slang kind of almost draggy term of like oh she came for me she like she read me whatever Mm -hmm. i was like we know what that slang term is and she kind of said oh on potomac or atlanta they'd say that i'm like yeah but if one of the women said I'll come for you. They'd know what the context was, and Erica didn't land that. So land that plane. So I'm like, mm, we'll see. We'll yeah. see about the slang, hon. Huh? I mean, we'll see. <laughs> yeah,
1: you're like not nearly as tough as you think you are. She's she feels she's tough because she's with women who like. You know, I mean, I feel like Sutton's a fragile little bird, even though she really put her through the ringer. Like, except for actually Garcelle, who seems like a really strong woman. Lisa Rinna to a degree, Mm. but she kind of, I actually think Crystal too seems like she's, I think she's just kind of waiting it out. But I think she just seems tough by comparison. Like Kyle Richards, who I'm actually, I actually don't, Get the Kyle hate. I think she's a really integral part of the show. But like I wouldn't be scared of Kyle for anything. But and I wouldn't be scared of Erica. But I think that because of the company she keeps she thinks she's this tough girl because she talks really tough. And I'm like, no, it's not as scary as you think it is, my darling.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it was a hard act to watch all season. So what did you make of this season of Every Hills? Like the common thread for everybody seems it's the best season in years. And we kind of joked about the fact that for many of us longtime viewers, the show has often been a bit slow. So like as a longtime fan, how did you feel about this season?
1: I was really happy to get some, like, actual drama for a change. You know, not Lucy Lucy or yeah. whatever her name is. You know, not <laughs> Denise's private affairs to be honest I don't really care about those either so I was really happy to get some actual gossip um even though it was I mean I shouldn't say that it's like somebody's real pain and there's actual victims at stake here but more so in terms of a storyline like a genuine juicy and dramatic storyline which we could follow in real time so that to me was a really exciting way um a really exciting part of it but then second to that I also found it super frustrating because I think that, I think Erica just mishandled it in a way that if she had just said one line at the very beginning and said, listen, guys, this is obviously an ongoing legal case. I am getting sued every day and that I can't actually talk about this. Obviously, there's really horrible things. And I don't think it's wrong for her to say being alleged because she's on the hook and there's legal complications. And I'm not going to pretend to be a lawyer, even though I think I am one at times. So I think, and <laughs> she had kind of just addressed that earlier. But I think what also really showed was that there's this almost like a lot of, if we kind of look from like a forensic perspective, it's really interesting to watch out. Rinna, who is always the first person, you know, to accuse someone of having Munchausen's or saying they're near death or saying really horrible and defamatory yeah. things about people. But because she likes Erica the most for whatever reason, it's just letting her go on everything. And I didn't like the way they treated Garcelle. I think it was very apparent that, I mean, Garcelle herself brought it up about race. I really didn't like the way they treated her. I did not like the way that Dorit... I didn't, I didn't like be calling her a bully, but not calling Erica, who was behaving like really an unhinged, mm. unbalanced person consistently. Um, I didn't like that. I loved Crystal. I know people have been on the fence about her, but I think she seems, she is like my perfect housewife because she's bitchy, she's rich, and she also seems quite smart and in that she's Mm. kind of waiting back and seeing, okay, let me see how this is going to play before I hitch my wagon to this. And this is what we kind of need in some of our housewives, where you either have Sutton Rich or Crystal Rich, because Crystal Rich is like, look, I don't need the show. If if I decide that this is going in a direction I don't like, I'm just going to bow out. Whereas Sutton's Mm. like, I have so much money also that I have nothing to lose. It's fine. I can keep going here because this is just a fun little project for me. So I liked seeing that. And I liked seeing this kind of dichotomy between the old and the new. And I think people... Are very quick to say like, fire Rina or fire so-and-so. And yeah, I don't like Rina. but the thing is, and I really like Arcelle, but the thing is, is that you don't have a show unless there's two people to be at loggerheads. So you need people you don't like on it with the people you like so that they can fight and continue on the storyline. But even overall, I thought it was really good. I thought it was his best in years, but that's not saying that it was still on par with the best seasons of Potomac or the best seasons of New York because... What I find about Beverly Hills is like, I feel like I need to like take a nap afterwards. It's not funny. I don't have fun with them. I don't enjoy them the same way I enjoy, you know, I put on... Rony in the background sometimes When I like just need to unwind or whatever And I just have my headphones on And I'm just listening to these women like fight over the dumbest things Because it makes me laugh and it <laughs> relaxes me Whereas these women like get me fired up And not in a fun way But again I will of course I'm a masochist I will continue to watch this for years to come
0: No it's funny because sometimes when they do When they try to be fun on Beverly Hills It always feels a bit forced Like Lisa when going oh my god ah! And like just screaming It's like oh sometimes I Wonder if you think you're having fun with each other or like, are we meant to enjoy this? Like, it's a very, yeah, sometimes the fun factor can be missing in Beverly Hills. Like, that's one thing they're not always great at.
1: Yeah, I remember the the one time that I like actually really laughed was when they went to Provence and they got drunk that day. And I was like, okay, because they just let their guard down a little bit and they were just funny and silly. And it's just not so... You know, image conscious, whereas I feel like contrarily, we see on Potomac, even though it, it, it's them, it's I don't even think they're particularly big drinkers, like we see them drink, but I never really see them drunk. They just naturally, I think, feel more comfortable on screen and they're less like image conscious in terms of kind of how they're perceived, because I feel like they're all very authentic to who they are. And Mm -hmm. so when you're more comfortable in your own skin, it's easier to be like, you know, love me or hate me. This is me. And so I think that's, it's it's a lack of authenticity, but that's probably matching to the city. I mean, I feel like if we visited Beverly Hills in person, I wouldn't be like, wow, everyone here is so normal and authentic and
0: fun. Yeah, they're a product of their environment. And we just, we mentioned Potomac there and I was going to ask you about it. Like obviously season six didn't quite have the same Mm. huge... Lynchpin storyline that they had the season before at the Monique Candace stuff, but there's been a lot going on, and I feel like it has won over so many new viewers in the last mm-hmm. year or two. And you even sent me a ranking of your favorite housewife <laughs> shows, and it was number two. Yeah. So I'm curious why it's so high up in your ranking and, and what you thought of this season.
1: Well, I remember, like, again, this is going back a couple years when it first started, because every time a new franchise would come out, I would be like frantically looking up and like, okay, gotta watch these episodes. and for people who watched the first season, it you don't really need to, to be honest, because it was a very different type of show. I think it was cast as to be actually a different show. But I just thought they were fun. And I was like, this is great. It kind of had New York vibes in that it was mm. a group of women who seemed like they were either genuine friends or a genuine openness and a willingness to become friends and I liked that and then it was just kind of what it was like it, it had a similar appeal to me as New York where you're just like I just I felt like I was watching a group of women who were just acting like they would even if cameras weren't there and so I that's what I loved about it most and then as time went on I was like these they're just fantastic like Ashley is I feel like they're super underrated. Karen, so Sonia's my number one housewife and Karen Huger is actually my number two because her levels of delusion are just, <laughs> she, wear, she wears it with pride on her sleeve. And I'm like, good for you, Karen. And even now in reflection, I'm like, Ashley's brought so much to the show, even though a lot of it makes me really sad. Um, mm. But watching this and then, you know, you kind of see the entree of like Candice and, and Monique and what they all bring. And I think it's just the chemistry that they have and the things that they say to each other are, hilarious like clankety clank like i mean don't drop the- i was oh like my oh my god so they're just they're, they're just brilliant and it's it comes out at like they each bring something unique and i think it's a really exceptionally cast show and i think that's why they haven't really deviated too much from it or like you know adding like mia and wendy like one once a year there's no there has been no need for a shake-up like if we're going back i think season four of potomac is one of the greatest seasons of television to have aired reality or otherwise i mean watching all of that unfold and like so there was real life you know ramifications that are happening in terms of michael darby being accused of really horrendous things like sexual assaulting one of the producers and then Mm. you also have you know candice coming for uh ashley with a butter knife like and and, and Ashley like (laughs) provoking her and i was like you literally couldn't make that up and that genuinely and even though they're both kind of like super extra It also still still felt very genuine. I felt that that fight would have happened whether Bravo cameras were there or not. And that's what I like about it is that it feels more, they know how to put on a good show, but they know how to make it seem natural
0: that's yeah I mean, that's it isn't they there's a sense of they go to work and do their job but also yeah. it's natural to them and even I always think like season four was really when I fell in love with Potomac because I watched I started in season three I was like this is good what a great cast and then season four is like oh they're killing it and I just always think of Candace with the knife the whole outro. <laughs> she goes I invited her into my home I gave her a beverage I always think of that line because yeah. it's so housewife
1: <laughs> it is exactly she's like and it's just so funny and as she's like you better watch your mom's table I was like oh my god, it was just fantastic. And then it was talking about like you know Michael's. I was gonna, I'm gonna say I saw like a, Erica Erica hearing like Michael's alleged comments about Juan, which I also believe. <laughs> so like literally every episode, something else would happen and your jaw would drop. And like I can't wait to watch the next one. And so mm. yeah, I, it's, it's the chemistry. It's I have fun watching them, even though it's a lot of drama. Whereas I feel like in Beverly Hills, they feel like showing up for the job means like showing up on time staying there as long as yeah. required and then leaving rather than, I, don't, I think they see their jobs as being two very different functions.
0: Mm, that's true. Yeah. I think, I just think, Potom- I don't know. in Potomac, it's like a cliche, but they have come to play, I think. And it's interesting what you said about, I mean, they have very little change in the cast for good reason, but also I do feel like each, like, wendy and mia have fit in really well each year and that's not an easy feat either when the core group are so strong
1: yeah and when you're i mean i can't imagine coming into a show that has been you know purported to be the next big thing constantly and so there's a huge amount of pressure already and these women actually know each other years even like giselle and karen knowing each other private and robin off the uh, uh prior to filming like for years before so that has to be really intimidating i feel like I feel like Wendy's been okay. I'd be willing to give her another shot next season, but she kind of she makes my heart sad at times because I don't I don't have fun watching her. I get stressed out watching her because I think in her first season Somebody made a really interesting point in terms of like, obviously, she's transformed herself physically, she got a lot of surgery, and she's wearing all these like sexy outfits, whereas last year, she was a little more conservatively dressed. Somebody made a really good point that she had just recently had a baby before filming that season. So she was obviously going through like physical and emotional changes. But I feel like this season, she's just she's, it's it's like she watched a bunch of reality shows in the intervening times of filming and was like, this is how a reality star acts. So what's jarring is that she's being really inauthentic. She's not being herself. Whereas last season, I actually didn't mind her. I didn't think she was most exciting, but she was still herself. You know, she mm. was, she was, you know, an extra version of it. Like, I mean, her talking about her, you know, what is it, her three or her four degrees. And I'm like, yeah, and I'm kind of like, I'm like, well, Wendy, I also have three degrees and you don't hear me banging on about it all the time. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, but I'm like, the way she, and then it, like, it was just funny. So the way they... It was. It was and me. I, I also. I'm willing to give me a shot. I think her husband is so creepy. I actually liked him at first when I first met him, and I was like, "Oh, how nice." You know, he's a little bit older. He's like, "You take charge of the business," and her going in and, like shuffling the papers around. <laughs> Remember yeah, when yeah, she went yeah. into her chiropractic office and was like, "I'm a boss bitch," and she like literally like, <laughs> moved the flyers an inch and was like, "Ah, hard week, hard days work done." Um, whereas we've seen him now, what he's really like, and I think he's really creepy, and I think she's a little bit embarrassed by him. Um, but again, I feel like what she's sharing with her mom is very authentic. And I kind of, res- I, I respect that. And she, yeah, I just, I just think it's it hasn't had the same pizzazz as previous seasons. But I mean, I'm also okay with there not being sexual assault allegations as being like the core of the pizzazz, you know, like I'm okay with the <laughs> yeah. traditional Housewives drama. And I love seeing Karen and Giselle fight. I love watching them fight because they are both just kind of meant to be frenemies forever and I can't wait to watch that forever
0: yeah they can't I think their dance will always be like sort of love and hate forever like they'll never be full-throated enemies but they'll never be like ultimate besties either like they'll always sort of snipe and that is it is and I think they know that in in terms of how they play the show like Mm -hmm. it's endlessly entertaining because you know on some level they'll be like we'll always have a little bit of shade towards each other like Mm -hmm. it's just their dynamic
1: it is like remember when Ray came when they were just or they I can't remember they were on their trip um but when Ray came and she was like had you missed the neck that was hilarious and I was like and Giselle loved that so I was like you know I thought I just thought it was brilliant and it really indicated that like there is a genuine and like historic kind of friendship or at least relationship there that you know, Ray can make fun of Giselle or make fun of Giselle by saying, Karen, how come you didn't break her neck? And that they all burst out laughing. So it's like, this is fun. This is is fun. I enjoy that.
0: I do think there was a moment this season where early on where I thought they were actually going too far and they did Mm -hmm. kind of walk it back as the season went on. And I feel like on some level, they were like, we need to, like, actually have a little bit of, like, we can't go crazy here.
1: Yeah, I didn't like that dinner at Wendy's house. Um, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. I can't believe this is happening. But I did feel it went too far. And I felt like it also didn't represent the same show that I've been watching all these years. And I felt like it was moving into a too far direction. Um, I mean, the stuff that Karen's had about to sell is horrendous um and and yeah. even the way she
0: after the fact was like i didn't really know what i was saying i was just saying sing sing i was yeah. like so you're up the famous jail because you think she's going to prison question mark like it was just yeah and even like this Karen. you and know, karen is so grand and yeah. so kind of camp that she can say things with a certain flair yeah. and we all go oh haha ha. and then we're like what did you actually just say and she's like oh i don't know yeah, I just said it. yeah exactly
1: <laughs> when she said sing sing in hotbox i was like I uh, literally my well my you can't see me obviously but my jaw is dropping even as i'm saying it i'm like i can't believe she said that on tv like that's 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 too far that's too far and like i also feel what, what's interesting is like giselle has been i think quite humbled this season after the reunion and that obviously didn't go in her direction and i also think giselle was acting like an asshole in um mm. before that when she got back with jamal and i think she was making a lot of silly mistakes but then she kind of seems like she's been humbled a little bit, but I'm happy to see her now in the last few episodes that she's been kind of back back having that main character energy that we love.
0: So the kind of newest addition, and a show that really has cemented itself already is Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. I'm curious how you, how you feel about it. Cause when you've watched the shows a long time, when a new one comes along, it is kind of an adjustment.
1: I love it. I think it, and it is because I was, you know, I've, I've watched the first few seasons of da- the now defunct Dallas and <laughs> I never got that into it. Like, I was like, oh, okay, this is like, I'll, I'll watch it. But I'm not, it's, it wasn't, you know, appointment television. Whereas I love Salt Lake City. I get such a kick out of them. In the first mm. season, I'm quite happening for the the downfall of Jen Shaw because, again, I felt like everybody else was like presenting an authentic version of themselves, no matter how weird it was. So for example, I was I love I like them all in this in the way that I like all my housewives. I don't want to be friends with any of these women in real life, but I never <laughs> want them to leave my TV screen. And so no. with someone like Whitney, you know, for her to talk about her dad's addiction and really put that out there, I was like, this that was very real. Heather talking about leaving Mormonism and the real life repercussions for it and just being hilarious and like kind of the greek chorus and the normal one and then you have all these like (laughs) lisa and meredith who i'm like are you even here which one's which um Mm. so then you have all these kind of interesting women and then Jin cha who's like i'm on a reality show i'm gonna you know take this up a thousand notches so i never really felt that she jarred well but now watching this season i just i think it's excellent television you know meredith is engaging lisa is completely delusional and a top-tier villain um whitney is also delusional but I just really like her. I don't know why. I like them all. I think they're really interesting. Um, And I think that it's interesting that Salt Lake City where we kind of think Mormonism actually has the most diverse cast and also proves how well that that works and that we should really be having more of it at the year of 2021. But I think that that's really... Jenny's storyline makes me very sad. I love her daughter. She's one of my favorite housewife kids. Um, yeah. But I like it overall. I just, I, I can't wait to watch the feds come for Jen Shah. I, <laughs> I've, been, I I've been watching that clip drunk sober for, I don't know how long, for a little
0: since it came out. <laughs> like at a house party, people were like, put, you, put on something you want to watch <laughs> on YouTube. They put a song on. You're like, I know, just the six minute video. Hold <laughs> exactly. on. Let's play. Exactly. Yeah, no. This is my Super Bowl coming up. I know. and you know, I actually, because I'm kind of doing this thing where I like bank a few interviews and I'm like, why didn't I schedule everything after that episode? And it was only after I scheduled and then <laughs> Ravel were like, this week, a super science episode, the feds arrive. I was like, fuck, yeah. fuck. So I might have to check back in with every guest just to be like, and what are your thoughts? But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm excited to see where that goes. And Salt Lake City is interesting because it has that eccentric feel that a great Housewives show will have for me where it just feels a bit weird but in a way that yeah. I love and I can't stop watching.
1: I know. Like I'm not entirely convinced that Mary Cosby even knows she's being filmed for a television show. Like I think like <laughs> she is Again, and I know she's being recused of really horrible things like a cult leader. And yet I'm also like, never leave my TV screen. Like this is, she is, last season I think we didn't get enough of her because I think they said that originally she was cast as a friend of and that's why there wasn't enough footage and then they boosted her up to a full-time housewife. Whereas this season we're seeing more of her. Again, makes me sad at times when she especially talks about her relationship with her husband for obvious Mm. reasons. And then but then it's re- it's really weird because what i find interesting about her is like she surprisingly is very um kind of astute in her observations about other people in the group like sometimes she's really um lucid and sometimes she makes a lot of sense when she's assessing other people but then when she talks about herself she's like i'm going to send jesus after you and i'm like okay that's like not a thing you can <laughs> so yeah. yeah it's 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 great i think exactly i think it's authentic i think it's funny I think, again, and it goes back to having those real life relationships like Lisa and Meredith have been friends for years. Whitney and Heather are cousins. I think Jen's just been like knocking around for a while. So these people at least like tangentially know each other. And it just it
0: shows. Yeah, exactly. It has that kind of it just that thing that you can't fake is in that show, which on paper you wouldn't expect. I think when it was announced, we all went the wheelhouse is aware, but it's they weren't wrong. It's paid off.
1: I know. It was because I, I think they've always like explored. I mean, it was when I hit the boards <laughs> and I look to see what's going on in Real Housewives World, um, that they had previously looked at like Nashville, um, Orlando, Chicago. So, all these suggestions of people like this would be great. Chances are Bravo's already done it, casted, did a pilot, and was like, no, this isn't going to work. So, when they said Salt Lake yeah. City, I was like, oh, this is interesting Mormonism. You know, I always find that really interesting. Um, okay, it kind of has this like beautiful winter wonderland um, theme around it and then like Lisa Barlow calling herself the Queen of Sundance and everyone else being like wait what like nobody knows who you are I love that. I love
0: somebody who's delusional and inserts themselves into things through which they have no belonging. I'm the queen of Sundance. I love that. I'm the queen of Sundance. I didn't really want another business, so Henry can do this by himself. He's 13. Yeah. What are you going to do today, love? Are you getting up now? Are you going to run a business? Okay. She's like, she, I just, I could watch her walk around her house. Last season I was obsessed with Meredith and wanted a 24-7 live feed and now I'm obsessed with Lisa, I'm on a 24-7 live feed.
1: I completely agree. I find her so interesting. And like, at the same time, I feel like she is who she is. Like, even though Mm. she's not as clever as she thinks she is. Like when she was trying to do the setup with the guy, Cameron, who was a previous member of Mary's Church. And then it was this like really awkward setup with him and Meredith to be like, oh, hello. Nice to meet you. Oh, a cult, you say? Like, it was really bad acting. But I loved that she was at least trying to bring something to it. But I, and I do find it hilarious that she's trying to like convince her like young boys who probably just want to be playing video games or I don't know, (laughs) yeah like playing basketball or something. And she's like, okay, we're going to start Fresh Wolf and you're a business then. You're entrepreneurs now, nine year old.
0: (laughs) I know. Or even like when after she, Meredith had spoken to that guy, Cameron, and Meredith was, I think they even, they had dubbed the line in post of her going, that was a really upsetting conversation, <laughs> and I was like, "Jesus, this is so heavy-handed." But I'm like, obviously upset.
1: And she was like, "You know, I I can't even." What was she like? She was like, "I'm very upset." Lisa was like, "You're crying." There was not a visible tear in that woman's <laughs> eye, and she was like, "Well, oh, it's very upsetting. It's very upsetting. I've heard some very disturbing things," and I was like okay like i think she's very heavily medicated so even if she wanted to shed a tear she does physically could not but yeah i just i enjoyed that scene and i liked how they like purposely invited whitney then whitney couldn't come and they're like screw it there's no one else we can get on our side meredith you gotta step up here and you gotta be the person who needs to bring along this um mary running a cult storyline
0: yeah that i'm just and it's interesting that they have that considering so many other things have gone down and we do have this arrest storyline. I was like, "Oh, you're going to give us cult leader allegations as well?" Okay, Salt Lake City. I know. I was like, two
1: in a row. Beverly Hills could never. <laughs> At the sick, like we are going to have accusations of Mary Cosby running a cult, simul- running in tandem with the feds. Literally, here's me, the feds. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can take the new yorker out of of new york which or whatever the phrase is <laughs> the feds coming
1: for ginger Jen- who do you oh, think the i feds am are over here <laughs> <laughs> like Joe Palshi, like, no, so, so the uh you know the cops or whoever you know chad shaw being investigated so
0: the guardie guardie shoe corner we're outside beauty lab and laser i love that bit in the the season trailer i'm sure we'll see it soon of how do they know to go to Beauty Lab? I'm like, probably because it's been on the fucking show. That's why. I was like, that's not it. How do they know to go to Beauty Lab? I was like, okay, let's not. Like, let's not go too far. Because there's
1: a giant (laughs) film crew outside it. Like, and also they're the FBI. I'm pretty sure they know where to find you as part of an ongoing investigation. I did hear suggestions that it was, that it was Brooks and or Meredith that actually tipped off production, that they were like, there is a criminal investigation because obviously Meredith has still never forgiven Jen for what she said about Brooks, and there is, and I mean I don't even care if this is true or not, but I will pedal this conspiracy till the cows come home that uh, <laughs> Meredith and Brooks tipped off production to be like this is going to be a big deal. I don't even think that makes sense, but I like the idea of this like Machiavellian behind the scenes planning amongst all of them. So I can't wait to watch that. And like you see how excited they were. Heather was like, "Oh, the Shotsky, yay!" <laughs> and then it's like her Jen looking deadpan into the camera like, "I." gotta go
0: i'm about to be arrested God, you just you honestly couldn't write it this podcast is sponsored by hey you which is the home of the housewives every season and every episode of all of the real housewives is available to stream or download right now on hey you and it is the only place you will get new episodes the same day as the US. No spoilers here, because we are getting stuck straight in. Thanks to Heyu, you. you can start a free trial now at heyu.com, and after that, it's only five ninety nine per month, which is like the price of a cup of coffee. And there's no commitments; you can cancel whenever you want. Everything you could need, housewise wise, wise, is on Heyu this November. This is the show. It's not airing right now. Um, I've had a lot of discussions on this podcast of people who want like things to change with it. But I was really interested. You sent me a ranking <laughs> of your favorite shows before we did the interview and it was... Beverly Hills at three, Potomac at two, and New York is your number one. And I'm curious, I think I know why, but I'm curious why it's your number one.
1: I have, again, I I, I feel like I'm really repeating myself, so I'm sorry, you can edit this down and make me sound a little more um, articulate. But I feel that what you see is really authentic. And again, I, I think it has something to do with the fact that it's been on air for as many years as it has. So... Like I was saying earlier, like I feel these weird emotional connections with TV shows and people I've never met, nor will I ever probably. But what I like about it is they always have fun. And not only do they absolutely tear strips out of each other and say really mean and nasty things, but they recover like champs. And they like, if I think of all the shows and the moments that the each kind of city has brought me, New York has brought me the most. So it's brought me fun from like the tequila trip. It brings me the lifestyle porn from Bluestone Manor. It brings me kind of the chaos that is Sonia Morgan. And then this, yeah, I, I mean, I was frustrated watching it as a viewer this season. I didn't get that same enjoyment out of it. I think it's really unfair that everyone has blamed Ebony for it. I, I, th- I think the problem was that there was clearly things happening behind the scenes that they probably couldn't talk about on camera. And I think that they did their best to kind of skirt around, like, Skirt around the issues. I think Ebony might have also thought she was doing a different TV show. Like I heard, I know now she was doing um, guest hosting on The View, and I feel like she would be so mm-hmm. excellent at a job like that because it's topical, and she can also let her hair down a little bit. Whereas that wasn't really an opportunity. I think the problem. Ah, this is. I'm, well, I mean, I'm like, I forget sometimes I'm on a podcast. I'm like, this sounds really bad. But last year, like Leah was really even though she was a little bit worrying with her, her drinking, she was really funny and like and she was fun and she brought like crazy TV moments in Newport and in the Hamptons, like throwing the tiki torches. Mm-hmm. Whereas this year, obviously her being sober is amazing, but it's a reality TV show. It's not, you know, people thriving at life show and that's such a terrible thing to say. But when people are doing really well in their lives, which is great and you want them for all your housewives, unfortunately that doesn't always translate into being like the most entertaining of shows. So I think what was happening was each one of these women was going through kind of something separate. And I think Ramona, I don't think she needs to put out to pasture yet. Um, I think she needs a very strong talking to. Um, Mm. And also like – like they were in COVID and New York was so heavily affected by COVID in terms of lockdowns. It was really strict there. Most people who could, you know, all the rich people kind of just left. So the city was a bit dead. So there isn't anything yeah. happening anyway. These women have zero chemistry with each other. They don't know each other and really don't seem to like each other. And so I wouldn't want to follow five you know virtual strangers around who don't like each other like oh remember that cringy cringy party that they had for i can't even this this will tell you what it is i can't even remember who it was for but it was in that like awkward hotel room and it was a birthday and leah was like i'm gonna put my face in the cake or something stupid
0: and oh, I remember the joint birthday yes yeah. i remember watching that and be thinking this is one of the like saddest parties i've ever had in the show like there was no one really there because they probably couldn't have a big crowd and it was a joint birthday, but it felt like both of them weren't into it at all. I remember watching that being like, this party scene is bad. Yeah,
1: it's bleak and it's depressing. And I think they really missed a trick with, I get that Dorinda deserves her time out and I believe she needs another year of time out because she just was going down a nasty path. It wasn't like fun to watch her tear people down. It was becoming really mean. And I also think, I think what what's interesting is like when you kind of approach this from like a more analytical perspective and you're thinking these people, you know, being Bravo and producers are casting characters. And so, you know, Dorinda and Tinsley were serving as kind of the semi-normal people, the narrators, but when they both left, and what's just crazy that Tinsley one of the normal people, but when they both left, it really left a vacuum for it. And I think the show, they tried to center it around Leah. I, I don't really know, but it seems to me like they were trying to center it around a younger audience and they felt that Leah could be the narrator, but Leah doesn't have the emotional depth to be a narrator of anything, let alone, you know, her life or other people's lives. So I just thought it was really disappointing. I'm happy to hear it's, they're they're going back to really look at it and because I think it is such a gem and I just love it so much and I just want to see it come back and I want to see I worry that if Sonia doesn't have her bravo paycheck I worry how she's going to pay her bills so for reasons I like want her to do well (laughs) and then yeah I just I I think they need to go back and do a whole total overhaul like they did when they brought in um Carol and Heather and Aviva all those years ago I think they need something similar
0: to that and I do think that like they did that in New York years ago and and it was a game changer for that show and it was kind of a game changer for Housewives because it was an example people have cited so many times since then and we're seeing it now with like they've kind of done that for OC even with Atlanta they have shuffled the cast for this filming that they've just started so I could see them doing like I think there's going to be at least two or three new people and they're really going to go for it like but I, I yeah I don't I actually am not great about New York I've had some people go oh no it should end leave it let no. it go but I'm like no they'd won they'd won okay season and one really not great season but they've been on air for like 12 13 years so it's like they still have a better batting average or whatever the term is than most other shows
1: yeah and I think that there's this like real reaction to be like you know oh I didn't like this cancel it I don't like this person, fire them. And I'm like, no, like give them a shot. You know, like, as you say, you know, it's been on air for, I think it was its 12th, or 13th season this year. Like they're allowed to have an off year. And it was also COVID. You know, I think we need to remember that. We yeah. we, we were all depressed and doing bleak things during COVID. We just had to yeah, watch them doing it.
0: Yeah, I just didn't do it on camera. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So no, I, I, I'm looking. I think they. I think they deserve a break, and that they can go back and come up with like a new blueprint and relaunch it again next year or whenever whenever they will. Because there's plenty of rich ladies who want to be on TV.
0: I want to ask you about international shows because we have Melbourne back at the moment, which I'm actually really enjoying. I'm seeing kind of a mixed response to it online, but I'm enjoying its return. Are you watching this season of Melbourne? And what do you make of some of the other international franchises? Yeah,
1: I watched. I watched the first two episodes and I found it really hard to get into. I loved Lydia and Gina. Again, never want to meet these women, but I never wanted them to leave. And I think what showed was, like, I like Janet. Jackie, I've never enjoyed, but kind of appreciate what she brings to the show. But I think that they need, none of them have, like, the main character, lead character energy, whereas Gina did, even though, you know, it was insane. But I I think the problem Mm -hmm. is with these ladies so far, none of them have really demonstrated that. And I think, you know, we're seeing these kind of four is a three or four new women. I, ha- I wasn't that blown away by it. So I'm going to go back and just relive the past, watch my old episodes. I saw Janet saying <laughs> on Instagram, she thinks Gina's going to come back. And I think, again, what happened with this show is like, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes production problems. I think it was last on air three years ago. So you don't have this yeah. kind of like continuous um, timeline that you're you know chronologically following. It's like a lot's happened in three years. So then to expect viewers to pick up where they left off, it's 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 kind of strange. But I do love Janet and I'm glad to see her thriving. And then I watched, what are the other ones? Um,
0: I think Janet is a great reality TV villain and I just sometimes fantasize about her being dropped into an American Houser show because I just feel like she would... Apps cause such chaos in like new york or beverly hills like could you imagine her just screeching at some of these women i'm like oh how iconic would that be
1: <laughs> i know and she's so like the language that they use like i am not uh a prude by any stretch <laughs> but they drop that c word like it's
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> a couple times a day <laughs> like kind of loses its effect after a while ladies <laughs> you're supposed to reserve that uh, but yeah the language and the stuff that they call each other is vicious Absolutely vicious. I'm actually going onto my Hey You app here now because I want to see what other international ones that I have watched. Because what I watched was I enjoyed. Was it Vancouver or it was one of the Canadian? Oh, Vancouver.
0: Yeah, Vancouver is iconic. Yeah. yeah, Vancouver was. I can't believe they only got two seasons. Apparently, that was like to do with legal stuff with the cast. But like, I would have watched five more years of Vancouver.
1: I know. I'm literally. I'm going through them mo- all. Oh my gosh, Sydney! I loved Sydney, and apparently, um, they cut it because they said they were too bitchy. I thought Sydney was great. Well, they, of course they're bitchy. What else are they supposed to to be combined. <laughs> yeah.
0: like. I love that story about Sydney that they did one season. I did okay in Australia, and when they tried to sell it to Bravo, Bravo <laughs> were like, "It's too mean, it's too intense. We can't air this." I was like, "You guys think this?" I was like, "That it must be bad for you, if you think it's like that bad, given what you've watched in America, but yeah, I think they were just too." full throttle on Sydney from the jump it felt like it didn't feel earned I was like oh my god they all hate each other like straight off the the bat so yeah remember
1: the the girl she was a really beautiful one um I can't remember her name I remember the story of her saying like she grew up very privileged and she was trying to you know share with her children that they're so much luckier than 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 other people and I was like okay this is nice and she's like you know when we fly in first class upstairs on the airplane I always make my children go downstairs to coach and I walk them up and down and I say you know what that could be you and it's (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is
0: i forgot so about funny. that i'm trying to think who like, said that which
1: she was a really it like, wasn't christy or i can't remember her name but i always just think i was like that is the funniest thing i've ever heard you i i yeah they were just yeah i remember just the fights they had were vicious just really really vicious and athena x i mean how could how are we worthy
0: <laughs> i mean the cape alone was was <laughs> paused for consideration i'll give her that i'm curious i mean you We're in Ireland, so it's not really something that happens. But have you had any run-ins or encounters or even social media interactions with, with Real Housewives stars or people adjacent?
1: So I've had... So I... For my birthday last year... I asked my husband to get me a cameo. I'd asked like months before. And I was like, can you get me a cameo for my birthday? And he was like, sure. And I, I said, because I was like, we, we don't really do like gifts very often. So I'm like, I want a cameo from Sonia Morgan. And if she can't do it, Karen Huger. <laughs> like, Sonia's so busy, she can't take the $100 for the cameo. So I got a cameo from Sonia Morgan. I'll send it to you after this. Um, it's amazing. She looks fantastic in it. She's like, oh, Caitlin, I had an intern called Caitlin. And it's just 30 <laughs> seconds of pure joy. And she just, she was, I just, I just loved it. And then on occasion I would tweet about them and like somebody would like it. Like I tweeted something and added Leah and she clapped and I was like, oh my God, it's like we're best friends. Um,
0: <laughs>
1: and so, yeah, so I, I don't, I don't tag them in tweets because I'm actually scared because the way they react about anything that could be perceived as negative. So I try not mm. to tag them. I'll use the hashtag, like, cause obviously who doesn't want a few retweets, but I don't need it <laughs> to be uh, cause, dra- dragging kind of any attention to any of them. But no, my cameo from Sonia and I was actually thinking I got uh I was actually gonna buy myself one a few weeks ago um I got married a few weeks ago and I was gonna buy myself one uh from from Karen and I was gonna be like hey I know you and Ray are celebrating your 25th anniversary Well, I'm no, no, but I was like is that too no. sad is that too sad so, <laughs> I'm uh, starting
0: my marriage and I would love yeah, some advice <laughs> yeah
1: I was like because I just wanted something that I was like because they give so many of them so I'm like what's something that they can I feel like I can get something unique because I feel like I've watched a lot of cameos and yes I love them but when you watch the cameos a lot of them are quite repetitive so I'm like what's something like really dumb and cheesy that I can get something (laughs) to say that I feel will be special and unique to me so yeah I didn't I didn't pull the trigger I I have some self-respect but I will admit to considering it
0: it would have been iconic if like you had bought the cameo ahead of the wedding and when they were like you know (laughs) And now Caitlin will read her vows and you like pull out a laptop and you look into a speaker you go one second and you hit play and Karen's like to honor and obey or whatever.
1: <laughs> this is the Dame. This is the Grand Dame. Yeah, so I've got, yeah, I also think I've, I've definitely spent too much time at home uh, alone with my thoughts that I'm like, this seems like a completely reasonable same thing to do. And now share with everyone on your podcast. Um, also
0: as well, I feel like if like, the people who would get it are so relatively few. Most of your friends would be like, you got who to wish yeah. you well for your wedding? Like, it would just be like, what
1: are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it doesn't really have the same punch when you buy it for yourself. So I probably should have like planted the seed with someone else. But no, I think, yeah, they, they are super fun though. And I would really recommend, I believe Avery Singer works in partnerships at Cameo, um, which I love for her.
0: I mean, isn't that so, like you, she's such a wheeler and dealer. She's, really she's
1: so a like wheeler and mom. dealer, yeah.
0: When she's on the show now, I'm like, oh, my God, you're Ramona Jr. This is so scary.
1: I know. And I felt like she could have had always had the potential to be just like a little bit. She was probably inevitably always going to become her mom. She's like an only child. She grew up in in the city and seemed like she was like Ramona doesn't exactly have the most like open social circle. So she probably gave the same for Avery. And even the schools and stuff she went to were kind of probably very carbon copy as to what her upbringing had been like in
0: wherever mm-hmm. she was living
1: in New York so I think she hasn't been exposed to much so it's kind of disappointing but also I mean I think she's a little, she's she seems definitely more normal than Ramona but like so does everyone <laughs> <You know>? like,
0: <laughs> that's not that's not a hard ch- uh, challenge to no. me um this is a question that I think you are more than ready to tackle as sure. a longtime viewer but I have to ask what would your tagline be and why?
1: Okay, so you had for <laughs> transparency, you had said this to me in advance because I was because I've I've really thought a lot about this over the years. <laughs> but I have to say, so what I'm going to read are as I said, I got married a few weeks ago, and one of my friends who also who had initially introduced me to the show all those years ago had actually written in my wedding card a few suggested taglines. <gasps> so, which was the greatest gift of all? I'd be like take back your yeah. money. This is fantastic. So <laughs> you can keep the change. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So the ca- the the context of this is that my husband has a really popular Instagram page, and he talks about food a lot on it. So here are the okay. things that he suggested. He's <laughs> like, "Why are you sharing like private <laughs> correspondence with the But it's like, okay, you might have come for dinner, but you'll want to stay for the tea. I was like, okay, I like that. Uh, Oh, that's
0: good. (laughs) That's very good.
1: (laughs) My husband is the chef, but all I'm cooking is drama. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. In my house, the knives are always out. So I need to work on my delivery because I didn't practice before this, uh, which I don't have. But yeah, I sound like Lisa Barlow in hers, where she's like, you don't have to love me. I love myself enough for the both of us. That's what I sound like. I'm I'm the Lisa Barlow. Oh, yeah.
0: You don't have to love me. I love myself enough for the both of us. I didn't didn't practice delivery. You just record that. I'm going to go, guys. Like, hers sounds like it was an Instagram voice note that she sent on the way to a meeting. I was like, take a breath,
1: Lisa. Like,
0: um, I'm impressed that you had taglines from your real life ready to go that's definitely a first I think anyone's ever read them off a wedding card before <laughs>
1: this is like definitely I'm like I'm not going to email you after but like can you cut out the second half of that interview <laughs> <laughs> I really should. Let, let my freak flag fly a little bit <laughs>
0: <laughs> um the other question i love asking people every time on this podcast is the dinner party question so mm-hmm. you're throwing a dinner party you can have five people from the shows come over so it can be housewives mm-hmm. it can be friends of mm-hmm. husbands whoever what five people are popping over and why
1: okay yes you did tell me this one too and i forgot to prepare because i'm so excited about the card okay um <laughs> let me think so sonia morgan need my need my mm-hmm. queen sonia there i'd also love karen because i'd be they're my two favorites I Mm -hmm. think then I would like, I'm trying to think even because I'm like, who are like the husbands like that I'm interested in? I'd like, yeah, I think if I had to have that, I'd have Sonia, I'd have Karen. I think also, I'm going to pick one from each franchise. I'm going to choose Heather because I feel like she would narrate really well from Salt Lake, Mm -hmm. from Beverly Hills. I would choose, see, I think they're too normal now, but yeah, I'm going to choose Garcelle and then I'm going to choose who's like a random outlier. Maybe someone like Sheree, because I feel like if I have Sheree, Karen, and Sonia, like I have my three delusional queens ready to go, and then I've got (laughs) Garcelle and Heather to kind of balance it out and narrate and be normal, but also they're all like nice, so I feel like I still enjoy myself. So I feel like that would be a chaotic combination that I would enjoy.
0: That's chaotic, but it's also fun. Like, no one's going to be really vicious no. there. Like, you're not you're not bringing the villain over for, like, the entree. Because you're like, you know We don't need that energy tonight.
1: No, no. And I'm there to, like, strictly observe or participate. I don't know. I guess this is a fantasy. I guess we'll be participating in some in the conversation. But I think, yeah, I don't like the, like, I don't like when it gets vicious. Like, I didn't like watching Erica snarl at something at the dinner. I was, you know, yes, it was entertaining television. But I don't like when it goes kind of low. Um, I didn't Mm. like watching Monique and Candice, like go at it in the way that they did. That made me, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like fun watching. Um, it was compelling, but it wasn't fun. So I'm going to think if I'm going to be there and I'm going to be an active participant, I want it to still be fun.
0: Yeah, that's a great way of, of putting it, particularly if, if, if we're enjoying the dinner. ourselves. So. <laughs> exactly. And, yes, but I
1: do want Patrick. Oh, sorry. If I could add one extra person, if Patrick from Kathy Hilton's dinner could be serving me and, and making the food, I would, <laughs> I would appreciate that. I'd like a bell too.
0: That could be a new subcategory where I'm like, and if you want, you can assign uh, some of the help of certain housewives to turn up at your house we as can well. Like that, the a new... lady
1: can come drop off our stuff. <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> oh, and then when she was like, when Kathy was like, oh paula the lady her name's paula i was like okay cool we do know her name yeah meanwhile um, like that was actually right. just written
1: on one of her notes that was in her purse and she'd look down and be like paula yeah i know everyone's name
0: um uh, i know you mentioned kind of that you sometimes put on old episodes in the background mm-hmm. and stuff but in terms of your like real housewives journey is there a show that like you're gonna go back and rewatch, or one that you're excited for it to come back or revisit
1: well, I rewatched them all. Um, I, I have to also <laughs> bear in mind that because COVID has really given me a lot of spare time. Like, I left, um, I left my job last May, and I went back to college actually in September. I did an MBA, like like Candice, not and I did mine before her. <laughs> I'm not a complete psychopath, um, <laughs> but I did that in September, and so I would always kind of like my down tips was really intense schedule so my downtime would always just be like okay where's my happy place let me just put on old episodes of New York I love watching old episodes of OC Um, I've tried to get Vicky Notaro one of your previous guests to watch it and she said she just can't get into it but I mean I sometimes I don't know why I find it really cathartic but watching the Brooks Cancer Scandal really relaxes me i love to watch it I don't know why but I just (laughs) ah bliss bliss (laughs) no Ah I think medical documents like every episode about it I'm just like it's like you're rewatch it's like you're watching it for the first time and I just feel like that's magic in a bottle but I'm looking forward okay, to that so coming back, being rehauled which I desperately desperately needed I'm looking forward to Heather Dubrow coming back I'm looking forward to seeing some new cast members I think one of them's already in trouble with the IRS I'm like great this is what I want um no victims <laughs> and orphans in your lawsuits this is what I want just defraud the government um, yeah yeah so I'm, I'm looking forward to that coming back and I'm not, I have no feelings about Dallas being cancelled. I think it was the right move. I'm excited about Miami. I probably would have been more excited a few years ago because I think that had the potential to be truly great. And I still don't unclear as to why it never took off the way it did because it was a really, really good show. So I'm looking forward to seeing that on Peacock, but I don't really have any love for Larsa Pippen. So that's kind of disappointing.
0: I am curious how much Larsa will or won't say about the Kardashians because the Kardashians don't work with NBC Universal anymore and Larsa fell out with them and she's on an NBC Universal show. So I'm like, is this going to be like the Kardashian tell all? Like, is she going to spend. Episodes been like, and another thing about Kim. You know, like, is that going to be the? I of
1: feel like not because Larsa seems so thirsty that she's probably thinking, I can't say anything about Kim on the off chance that one day she might take me back and let me be like a fourth string friend of hers. Like, I feel, true, like, yeah, I feel like true. she's thinking maybe, maybe, perhaps somehow. But I just, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think she brought a lot to the show when she was on it before. She was on an episode of Selling Sunset, and she was still really boring. She's just do. She, th- I think she thinks she is a Kardashian, and I'm like, no, they also have magic in a bottle, and it's different, and you're not it. <laughs> Sorry, Larsa. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the more we chat, the more I'm like, you should be on wife you will be so good. No, no,
1: God, and here's me. I'm like, I'm way too nice to be on <laughs> so Like, get out, Larsa. I want nothing to do with you. Get off my TV. <laughs> it's
0: like you, you, and in the interview chair going. She doesn't have it. She's it's with lightning in a bottle, and she certainly does not have that. <laughs>
1: I don't even realize, but I swear, it's it's only the, but this is it, it probably has rubbed off. Like we were saying earlier, you know, this, the, talking about the gatekeeping, it's like maybe some of their bad habits I've picked up. I'm just, you know, i am isolated for two years. Maybe, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm a bitchy person now. I don't know. No, I just, I just, uh, I find it just great. I, I do love it. I think it's so fun. I love also... Um, you know, perhaps when you're as your podcast is continuing to grow, uh, which is really cool. But I think there's so much about like the Vanderpump rules and the Summer House and Winter House. And I just think there's so much other fun Bravo shows that I love. And I think that also. People should get into because I'm like, if you like housewives, you're going to love this. Not all of them, but some of them.
0: Before we go, where can people find you online? I know that you've kind of shifted in your career, but there is obviously the books that you've written and stuff. So if people want to check out your work, where can they find you?
1: Um, They can find me on Twitter and on Instagram. So on Twitter, I'm McBride underscore Caitlin. And on Instagram, I'm Caitlin underscore McBee. Those underscores represent that clearly another Caitlin McBride got to both before <laughs> <my day. laughs> but, yeah. It's tough out there for Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> Those Caitlin McBrides. I didn't realize it was such a competitive game, but it is. But yeah, so damn I'm, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm so somewhat active on both. So. Thank you very much for asking.
0: And of course, I mean, your more recent book, The Day That Changed My Life, I mean, people can still probably check that out. And listen, I am the believer that books are good Christmas gifts. So can you tell us about that book and what the the story is behind that one?
1: Oh, thank you. Um, this actually was unprepared. Uh, yeah, I, I wrote it in 2019. Actually, yeah, I wrote it in 2019. I was working as a journalist at the, at the time. And I'd kind of, you know, we've noticed a real shift in the way uh, around women the way in which we speak about women has changed a lot in recent years. And I'd noticed that they've become these kind of real contrasts where stories were either very earnest um, or they were almost too fluffy. And I thought, okay, well, there's room for some middle ground. And I I often identify with the middle ground and lots of things. And so I thought, okay, well, let's just get, you know, my kind of superpower storytelling. And I like speaking with people and learning about them. And um, I got this group of really, really incredible uh, Thirty-one women who agreed to to share their stories with me, wow. and some are, you know, the real kind of depths and and the lows of life of like recovering from um abusive marriages and and um, Alzheimer's diagnoses and and very serious topics like that. And then on the flip side, there's really interesting stories about women, you know, finding their kind of calling in their careers or becoming mothers for the first time. So it's this really kind of lovely combination of stories that I think represents as best I could at the time. Um, the kind of wide range of experiences that women will go through within their lives. And um it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was really lovely. I know I'm biased. Of course I wrote the thing, but um I, I'm really proud of it and I think that people would really enjoy it. And it's kind of book where you, you know, it's, it's, it's nonfiction, obviously it's not a thriller. It's, you know, you're not, you're not going to be engrossed and read it in two days. It's kind of book where you can read it, you could put it down, you can always come back to it. And I think it's yes. a nice gift because when I wrote it, I wrote it in mind of that's that at least that one person read it, that the person reading it will be able to connect with at least one woman, one of the women represented and interviewed. And that's kind of why it's a real wide range of topics. So it kind of is the kind of thing you could come back to, depending on what you're going through in your life. Is it the end of a relationship? Is it the start of a relationship? Or, you know, are you pregnant? Are you, have you, maybe, maybe you've lost a child? So all of these stories are covered in the book from the women who've lived them. And I think um, I'm really proud of it. And I'm so grateful to all the women that agreed to do it and hopefully people will buy it and like it too
0: there you go well it's i'm just saying guys nearly christmas we're buying books keep an eye out for that when the shops because you know it's it sounds like a must read okay well that is amazing caitlin you I, I truly think we could do another four hours <laughs> here we could we could keep going and going but i'm aware that you have other things on today so i won't keep you but um thank you very much for coming on housewives and me
1: thank you so much for having me and i am kind of mortified as i think about how honest i was so please don't judge me that much everyone and i hope you enjoy your whole respective housewife journeys
0: that was Caitlin McBride here on Housewives and Me. Caitlin's book is called The Day That Changed My Life. It is available in bookshops across Ireland. I'll put a link to where you can buy it online as well. But definitely I've seen it in many a bookshop over the last year or two. It a really distinct cover. So it's pretty hard to miss. And we'll link to social media where you can find Caitlin as well. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts and you like what you heard today, you can, of course, leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts if you if you felt so inclined it is a huge help for the show you can get us on social media as well at Housewives and Me on Twitter and Instagram and you can find me on there as well it's Connor Bean on both those platforms also so until next time thank you very much for listening stay safe and I'll talk to you soon This podcast is sponsored by Heyu, which is the home of the Housewives. Every season and every episode of all of the Real Housewives is available to stream or download right now on Hey You, and it is the only place you will get new episodes the same day as the US. No spoilers here, because we are getting stuck straight in. Thanks to Heyu, you. you can start a free trial now at heyu.com, and after that, it's only five ninety nine per month, which is like the price of a cup of coffee. And there's no commitments; you can cancel whenever you want. November is going to be amazing because something that we Housewives fans have dreamed of for years is finally happening the crossover of dreams I am discussing I am bringing to your attention the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip is coming to Hey You from Friday the 19th of November I actually cannot believe this is happening we have Melissa and Teresa from Jersey we have Kyle from Beverly Hills we have Cynthia and Kenya Kenya from Atlanta and we of course representing New York have Ramona and Luan as well what is going to happen when those gals get together I I can't even I can't deal I actually can't deal I'm so excited And if you wanted more, oh, there's more. On Mondays, you will have The Real Housewives of Potomac, The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, and my girls, finally back, The Real Housewives of Melbourne. Come on. Everything you could need Housewives-wise is on HeyU this November.